pumps to the left. Eight seconds. I love football, and nothing says Thanksgiving better than turkey. When I was two years old, this is football Bruce talking here. I played high school football. I was okay. I only played in rock band after that. I got entirely about football. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Better Each Day podcast radio show with Bruce Hilliard. Today and every day, reaching out for innovative ideas in every way. Yeah, Today's show is yeah. brought to you by your future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. Ooh, make a better stay now, baby. Better every way. This is football Bruce talking here. I played high school football. I was okay. I went on and played in a rock band after that and forgot entirely about football, but it's fun to watch. Here's my little Thanksgiving story I know you're all waiting for, so I hope there's not a turkey coma involved here. When I was about two years old, the Hilliard family, in accordance with my life plan as dictated by me as soon as I was potty trained, moved west from Bellevue, Washington to a small timber town 20 minutes from the coast. While in Bellevue, we lived in a neighborhood that's a chip shot away from the Microsoft campuses of today. Maybe we should have stayed there, but we migrated west to a small town called Aberdeen, Washington. Aberdeen, Washington is built at sea level. This meant to you inlanders that when it rained 40 days and 40 nights, which isn't all that biblical in Aberdeen, there's going to be a flood. Flood the color of mud. And we had street fountains. During high tide, the holes of the manhole cover plates had jets of water shooting up about a foot through the holes. You just don't get that everywhere. The lower city was built on pilings, apparently before floods were invented. So, yes, we had a lot of floods. The weather never affected football. At age four, I was a manly man, like the cowboys on TV. Not the Dallas Cowboys, but the Hollywood Cowboys. Sometimes I got to play with the big boys. The big guys were the six to eight year olds in the neighborhood. Sometimes they'd let me play in their game. It was kind of a chase each other around. Attack Khrushchev, a post-Hitler Cold War version of good guys, bad guys. But they'd let me play with them, so I didn't care what that was. I didn't know who Khrushchev was. All I knew was I got to play with the big guys. My buddy and one of the big guys was Dan. Dan's dad was head coach for the Aberdeen High School football team. I always liked both of them. I had no idea what adventures were in store with the dad, the head coach at the Aberdeen High School football team, when it came time for me years later to play at that level. The Attack Khrushchev Cold War game, the home version, involved the good guys, us, and the bad guys, the Khrushchev dude, whoever he was. He had to be able to ride a bike really fast to play, or run really fast for a long, long time to keep up with the big boys on their Pee Wee Herman bikes. I didn't own a bike yet, so I ran with the guys as fast as I could. One day, the big guys decided to play a game called football. I'd heard of it. It required an odd-shaped ball you couldn't really bounce because it had points on the end of it. My parents had given me a toy slide projector shaped like Mickey Mouse's silhouette. It had ears and stuff. You're familiar with that look. The show was a slideshow called Touchdown for Mickey. I was pretty excited about it. Mickey, as you may have guessed in the story, scores the last second touchdown. But back to the gridiron. It's time to choose the teams. We're going to go out and play in the mud. Every kid does this, but we took it to a new level because we had lots of rain. The big guys lined up side by side. Two of the biggest guys stepped forward as captains. There was some argument with the third big guy about what was fair about who got to be a captain. That's probably still in negotiations. The two captains chose their players. 
As usual in my life, and I'm not bitching here, but this is the way it goes. The biggest guys are selected first. The best friends second. Me, last. But the underdog thing turned out to be a blessing later on in life. It turns out I usually was the last kid picked for a team later in sports, unless there was a stopwatch or a tape measure involved in it. Then it was black and white. I would have to learn to overcome my size deficiency and the inherent politics in sports and in life. This meant never being late for practice, never dogging a drill, and always trying to be my best to be out in front of the other players to get any attention at all from a coach. This is life. I was lucky to have this demonstrated early on. I put a spell on you. Because you're mine. The players were dressed in worn out jeans. Red ball jets, white t-shirts, dad's flannel work shirt. This later became the grunge look. It was a classic late 50s group of boys, the original Goonies. We had nicknames and never knew each other's real names sometimes. There was a pale skinny guy we called Wormy. We had Booger Munch, that's self-explanatory. Smells like rotten oranges. Future NBA star, String Bean Levine. And the one guy that always seemed to show up in different forms, but with the same attitude. Obnoxious asshole that wants someone to punch his lights out guy. And then there's the kid from another neighborhood no one anywhere knows about. That's his title. The kid from another neighborhood no one anywhere knows anything about. This guy has come and gone throughout my life. He's the one that licks the salt off crackers and puts them back in the box. I still don't know anything about him, but I suspect he'll be running for office soon. During this mud bowl, I remember the ball being fumbled, kicked, ran, thrown, dropped, 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 and dropped. I remember getting muddier and wetter as the Aberdeen rain came down in sheets. This was fun. You couldn't run cut or tackle or anything without falling on your ass. We were all laughing and diving in the mud. I'm sure the laundry robo-maids remember this as a muddy omen for those of us crazy enough to go on to play on the school teams. Some people call me the space cowboy. Yeah. It started getting dark, but there was time for one more kickoff. And that was a good thing. If the big guys didn't decide to bunch it and go home to a warm shelter, I would have stayed out there and died of hypothermia because I was a dumb little kid. So, we huddled up. That was so cool. Group hug, make a secret plan with the big guys, and run a play. And the big play was up for deliberation. I didn't care. I was cold, buddy, bruised, and confused, but I was playing with the big guys. So, here was the big play. Hey, hey, mama said the way you move gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove. So here was the big play. The big play. Get the ball to Bruce Hilliard. Sounded completely rational at the time. I was ready to step up and play with the big guys. The play was to somehow get me the ball. There's the kickoff. Wormy gets it. Fakes to Booger Munch and tosses to smells like rotten oranges. He smartly hands off the. He smartly hands off the future basketball. He smartly hands off to future basketball great String Bean Levine and tosses it to obnoxious asshole that wants someone to punch his lights out and he turns and tosses it to kid from another neighborhood no one anywhere knows anything about and he hands me the ball. I drop it in the mud, pick it up, tuck it in like a loaf of bread and head down the field against a wall of people. I cut in and out. I'm, I'm awesome. I'm four years old. I 
I score and all the big guys clap and we go home to our mothers and perform a Tide Laundry detergent science project never before undertaken. Head out on the highway. It took me a few years of playing actual football and carrying the ball and getting the crap beat out of me before I came to realize that the big guys actually let me score. It's a good story about a little guy playing football in a little town. In the rain, they wanted me to They let me score. You cursed brat! Look what you've done! I'm Melody! Melody! Oh, what a world!
Endless Rain by me. Remember the head coach whose son was part of the backlot game I played with the neighborhood guys? His name was Coach Eklund and his son, Dan. Stay tuned. So what's the big deal about the Aberdeen Hoquiam Thanksgiving football classic? Well, I'm glad you asked. The Wright brothers' Kitty Hawk took flight for the first time in 1903. That was the first powered flight. This crosstown rivalry began in 1906 and was the oldest high school event of its kind in Washington State. It would attract up to 11,000 fans, which meant most of the county was there, except for the martyrs who had to stay home and listen to it on the radio while staying warm with the delicious cooking aromas on Thanksgiving. While I was growing up in Aberdeen, I used to look forward to that Thanksgiving, the celebration of turkey and pilgrims playing football. To this day, nothing compares. It was a special time for family and friends. It unified everybody. It was a special time for family and friends. We were all unified around the intense yet friendly rivalry of the T-Day football game. To this day, nothing compares to those old Turkey Day games and the events surrounding them. You always wanted to play in that game. There was always some stuff in the younger years where you're calling each other names and we're going to beat your butts in that game and I'm going to run across the field and make a special point just to nail you even if you're not in the play, that kind of stuff. I wanted to even the score with the evil grizzlies from across the street. And of course, there was always a touch of vandalism with rivalry, doing things that kids do, such as burning an A in Hoke Williams football field or just flat out jacking around with the kids from across the dividing line, Myrtle Street. Hoke William would, of course, retaliate with its own Turkey Day terrorism. But it wasn't just about a bunch of teenage guys running around trying to annihilate each other. There was a whole bunch of festivities that went on. Dinner at the Oaks Club, a parade with the team on a flatbed trailer, with the marching band, burning Johnny Hoquiam, pep rallies, news stories, mums for the moms, just an incredible buzz on the harbor. And prior to the games, Thanksgiving morning, parents would meet for the traditional Tom and Jerry parties at the local Elks Club. Why Elks Club? Elks Club was predominant in that little town back then. It's been said a million times, but it's true. It didn't matter how the season went. It would still be considered a success of sorts if you won the T-Day game. When I was finally old enough to play in the games, it was worth the wait. This story is about the last Aberdeen Hoquiam Turkey Day Classic. The final longest high school crosstown war ended with the vote to schedule a season that would allow both teams to be available for playoffs during that part of the year. The game in the week leading up to that Thanksgiving football game was an absolutely magical time and I'm still to this day sorry to lose. So here's the question and I still hear it when I'm in town, was it worth sacrificing the best community event of the year in Grace Harbor County for the state playoffs? Are those scattered successes of playoffs worth the demise of the reliable, lifelong memories created annually during the Thanksgiving Day experience? Now, more than 48 years later, I think not. But the teams are eligible for postseason, so I guess that's cool, too. As I've moved on in life, I've realized, for me anyway, the most precious times are the ones spent with friends and family. And when you can do it with the backdrop of a great football rivalry, to cancel the Turkey Day game with the potential of going to playoffs seems like a step down. Anyway, it's been more than 48 years since the last T-Day game and it's not likely to change. 
although I believe it could be brought back with a whole lot of enthusiasm. The program always listed me at 155 pounds, but to this very day, I've never weighed that much. I've never noticed any differences either out in the football field. We were so muddy, it was so slippery, it didn't matter. You couldn't even read the number on the guy's shirt. So it didn't matter if you were small, tall, welterweight, large marge, jumbo jet, skinny, chablotsky. It just don't matter. It's about W's. We were trying to win. No style points for genetics. I worked out all summers and gave it 100%. I never believed in 110% because you could explode. Only 100%. I had some great successes that year, but the best was due to my geometry teacher and head coach, Al Eklund. Coach Eklund, the same high school head coach since I was four years old playing with the big guys in the title flats. He had a very wry and witty sense of humor and always intrigued me. He didn't really coach us too much, he just raised questions that led us to thinking. Players solving the problems. You had to answer it yourself. After my regular sophomore junior varsity season was over with, Coach Eklund asked me to stay on the roster and work out with the rest of the team to scrimmage for the Thanksgiving game. Now, keep in mind, I'm still a sophomore, and it's going to be nothing but juniors and seniors playing in the game, but that was cool anyway. Normally, the underclassmen were done two weeks prior to the Thanksgiving game. You handed in your pads, and you were done. Apparently, my work ethic was paying off. He liked my hustle, not my scrawny sophomore frame. And this was an all-star lineup to me, my heroes. They were top-notch guys and really good players. They won the division that year. I was walking with a cool swagger, my friend, as I was one of six sophomores that got to stay on and work out with the likes of legends Mike Beck, Rich McCartney, Mark McCauley, and yes, my old buddy and head coach's son, Dan Eklund, who started at quarterback that day. Just to stay on for those extra two weeks and work out with these guys was the coolest thing ever. But... There's more. About a week from the big game, Coach Eklund asked me to stay after class in his geometry class. I did. I approached his desk expecting a thanks for working out with the team after my season was over. About a week from the big game, head football coach and geometry teacher Coach Eklund asked me to stay after his geometry class, which I did. I came to his desk just looking for a thank you for working out with the team after the season was over with. He was always an appreciative guy, but I was mistaken. Coach Eklund thanked me and went on even further. He said he would have suited me up for the Thanksgiving game, but there weren't enough jerseys to go around. I was cool with that. I was proud just to stay on with the practice squad, but the next day changed everything. The next day in class, again, Coach Eklund asked me to stay. I wonder if the other students thought I was getting hassled by him, but I wasn't. This time I walked up to his desk and he said, we didn't have enough jerseys to go around, but I dug around and found this one. He reached under his desk and pulled out an old jersey, almost made from dinosaur skin, but had a number three sewn on it. That was great. The rest of the team had the new breakaway light material, but my jersey had heavy material with a number three sewn on it. I couldn't believe it. Maybe I was going to play... Maybe I was going to play in a dream come true turkey day game as an underclassman. I really couldn't believe it. He went out and found this old jersey just so I could suit up. So what if I was the last guy chosen for the team? Story of my life. Let's play football. We won that year and the game was excited beyond anything I'd ever done. Coach Eklund's son and my buddy from the vacant lot game 
scored a touchdown. He threw a pass. We won bragging rights for just another year. I played for, gosh, maybe five seconds that game, but I did earn my letter as a sophomore in football. Almost unheard of for a guy my size. Thank you, Coach Eklund, wherever you are. That number three jersey was a blessing. The next year we lost, the team had a bad attitude. We actually had players in fights in the game bus. We beat ourselves up. I got some play time and it was fun, but we just got beat that day. The next year was my senior year. Different story. The morning of my senior year Thanksgiving classic football game was the first time I heard the term Preparation H. It was Coach Eklund's term for preparing to play Hoquam. Again, it was a rainy, muddy day, just like the first time I played football in the backyard with the big guys. Today I was nursing a sprained ankle. Yeah, 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 everybody has those all season long, a couple of jam fingers and this and that. I love football and and I was going to play in my last football game ever. I love football and there's really nothing like it when you can play. It's mayhem with pads. Football was the greatest. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And that game meant a lot. From the opening kickoff, we were pretty much flawless. The air was crisp. The crowd was loud. They even set up extra uncovered bleachers. During the games, I always stood next to the coaches because of my role of bringing in plays to the offense. I'm not sure to this day that more than two or three people on any given offensive lineup really knew what the assignments were. We were going up and down the field like a track meet. At halftime, I don't remember the score. It was like a lot to zero. The rest of the afternoon was surreal. Late in the fourth quarter, we were ahead 42 to nothing and had the ball. We were running the ball to burn up the clock. Coach Eklund was concerned about running up the score, too. It's considered unsportsmanlike. We got down to the four-yard line, and the marching band started chanting my name. Hilliard! 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 Stop it. Finally, after defying years of injuries and being a dwarf, telling all the naysayers I was going to play football in the first place, There I was finishing my final game with six points, or so I thought. The play was relayed in from the sideline. Here we are, just inches from the goal line. It was a dive from the left halfback, but that was not me. I was playing the right side. I was okay with that. We just needed to score, wrap up the game, and go home. But when we huddled up, the quarterback called the play, and he switched me from right halfback to left. Strange. Yes. So now I was getting the ball because of the switch. We normally didn't do this, so I was intrigued. I didn't know if it was a weird joke or what the hell was going on. Man, this episode's getting work intensive. Okay, we huddled up. The play was called. It was a simple straight-ahead dive play with Hilliard moving from right half-back to left half-back. The crowd was screaming. It took on an eerie silence. I could still hear the stupid band screaming my name. We lined up. The guy playing opposite me on defense was about 130 pounds bigger than me. Not a biggie, but... Later, I was told he was an all-state lineman that year. Glad I didn't know. We lined up. The quarterback called off the snap. I ran toward the line and took the handoff. When I ran into the crowd of mud, I was hit by a tackler. I spun, pedaled, and I dove. Why I remember that so well, I don't know. It was like slow-mo. We really didn't need that touchdown. It made the final score 49 to zip. The final score for the 1973 Aberdeen Hoquiam Thanksgiving Classic Football Game. As the crowd cheered, I ran off the field and about halfway to the sideline. The starting quarterback, Rob Hellum, grabbed my arm and said, When I heard the play, I had him switch you from right half back to left half back. We laughed our butts off. It was the last time I carried a football and the last football game I ever played. That turned out to be the final touchdown of the longest high school football tradition in Washington State history. To all of you Hoquiam alums from that year, who knows? If we played the next day, They may have beaten us, but I doubt it.
Thank you all for listening. Thanksgiving 2021. I hope 2022 is a better year. We can only go up from here. I really appreciate you all hanging with me and listening to the podcast. I'm hearing really good comments. I know this was kind of a prolonged uh, agony listening to the football story, but hey, glory days, baby. Here's to Thanksgiving.
today It was the sweetest kiss goodbye